It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, i tell you what, Rich, it was about a year ago, I think, in Kansas City that somebody told me about this place in Olathe called the Culture House. Well, the Culture House. And they were talking to me, and I can't remember who it was, in the context of a place where teenagers and young people and children can be affirmed in their talent and be able to develop themselves in the various things that they want to excel in in a very strong Christian environment. So we looked into that. Yes, we did that because, as you've often said, you want to see for yourself to know for yourself. <laughs> so you went to investigate, and we were just thrilled and delighted with what we found. And we're going to be talking about that on today's Complete Story broadcast, especially for our Kansas City listeners. i tell you what, folks, Rich is absolutely right. I like to scope it out. And so uh, I drove my car um, to the address that I had there in Olathe, saw the building, and uh, I think that day I may have even parked and gone in kind of looked around, but the man that I was really looking for, Jeremiah Enna, E-N-N-A, was not there. But anyway, I thought, well, I'll come back another time. But little by little by little, I kept hearing about the Culture House in Kansas City, actually located in Olathe, and I got more and more excited about it. So now today we have the first opportunity to have Jeremiah Enna on the complete story to tell us about it. Well, thank you. It's my honor to be here, guys. Well, when was the culture? First of all, what is the purpose of the culture house? Let's start right there. Well, originally, it's 20 years old now, and my wife moved here to start it basically because we saw how Christianity um, is the answer. Jesus is the answer. It's that simple. But then how do you apply that? And so we weren't seeing it applied to arts and culture, and so we thought, let's try something. So we started professional work and educational work. But, you know, Dad, you're kind of starting in the middle at that point of the story. I, it's a wonderful story. If, if Jeremiah could start growing up in Kansas City and how the Lord led him through his life and then brought him full circle back to town. All right, All right you're 100% that's, right. That's wonderful. <laughs> hey, let's start at the beginning then. Let's start at the very beginning then, because everything does have a beginning. Sure, because when he says about his wife coming back to Kansas City, where was she to begin? It's an amazing story. All right, now listen, folks. If you have a grandchild, either granddaughter or grandson, you have a youngster yourself in your home, teenager or preteen, whatever it is, uh, that, that child needs a place where he can be affirmed and their talent can grow in a Christian environment. So that's what we're going to talk about. But uh, Jeremiah, give us your story. Well, yes. And, and, you know, for example, just to the academy quickly, you know, we have over 700 students studying dance, theater, music, and art. And all of the professionals there all say, I wish I had a place like this that I could have grown up in. And yes, I was uh, born and raised here in Kansas City and grew up in a wonderful Christian home. And even at church was encouraged in my gifts for the arts. And so um, I started pursuing that. But as I asked people, I had, I'll had never forget, there's a, a dear family friends, the Booth, Ed Booth said, you should use your gifts for God. And I said, well, how do you do that? He says, I don't know. Oh. You know, <laughs> And that was the answer repeatedly. I don't know. I don't know. So I just did whatever was in front of me, and it led me to um, eventually get my degree in theater at UCLA. 
in Los Angeles. Oh, boy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but back then, no one really knew that the culture had shifted and that the ground under our feet that really had already started to be a post-Christian culture in America. So I was not ready for the philosophies I met in, in um, Los Angeles as a young Christian uh, guy. And so over five or so years there working there, going to school there, really drifted very, very far from my faith and, and a relationship at all um, with the Lord. In fact, I remember on my shelf in my apartment in Venice Beach was a little plaque my dad gave me. It was one of those cheesy things, you know, piece of a picture glued to a piece of wood with a hook on it. And it was of Jesus praying in Gethsemane, and it was covered in dust. And the Lord really used that to stir me, because when I saw that, I thought, that's where it's at. My relationship with God is just forgotten and put away. Yeah. Covered in dust. Covered in dust. Now, for parents and grandparents and whoever else we're talking to right now, you know there has to be a place where young people can be affirmed and their talent can grow and they can take pleasure in whatever gift that God has given them. But it must be in a Christian atmosphere so that you don't suffer what you apparently suffered. Well, that's right. And well-meaning, wonderful people encouraged me, but no one could translate. No one could interpret the culture or even my faith into the arts. I just never met anyone. And so at the end of my uh, time in Los Angeles, I got a call from a group of young Christians in Sweden, of all places. They were from all over the world. They were living together, sharing everything, and thinking about the question, well, if God is true and Christianity is true and the Bible's true, why isn't it affecting the arts and culture? And there were um, leaders from Labrie, Francis Schaeffer's world I, in yeah. Switzerland. Wait a minute, Wait a minute folks. Uh -oh. I would suppose what percentage, Rich, of our audience right now has read one of Francis Schaeffer's books or knows very much about his scholarly uh, work, you know, in a biblical context, but it's wonderful. But anyway, you then encountered uh, Francis Schaeffer and Labrie there in Switzerland, I think. Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, they were in Switzerland. I was in Sweden. And one of their teachers and leaders, Ellis Potter, was on our board, would come up, and um, he was the man that really spoke truth into my very messy mind. All right, now, wait a minute. The uh -huh. first time I heard of Francis Schaeffer, I think he had written the book, How Should We Then Live? That's it. That's the book that changed my mind. Oh, is that right? Oh, and yeah. And he went into it, then the architecture, the music, yeah. everything in life is reflected by the culture of the day. The worldview. The That's world right. view, and it wasn't good. That's right. And I read that I couldn't read fast enough. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't find Schaefer books fast enough to engulf them. They were they were completely healing. Is this in the 70s or 80s or what time this frame? This is in I moved to Sweden in 89, okay. a month before, you know, this is part of the story really for me, a month before the wall came down. Oh, yeah. And so we got to go. That would be the Berlin Wall if you're too young to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the Soviet Union came to an end, and we started going into those into Russia and former Soviet countries. And uh, this this uh, Christian uh, arts uh, right. ministry group that that's you were part we of from Sweden would travel throughout Europe ministering that's with right. the arts. With the arts, we took. Uh, 
dramatic stories through dance and theater and music, and we would go all over. We were on the streets. We were in theaters. We were at, wherever we would go. We performed in hospitals. And in the Soviet countries, they were disasters. And that's where it was really profoundly embedded in me that ideas have consequences because a godless communist ideology not only um, destroys, uh, it destroys everything, the family, the, the economy, the architecture, there's no care. Ownership, taking away ownership and personal responsibility destroys everything in its past, in its path. So, oh man, yeah. uh, Jeremiah, that's heavy. I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. When the culture is debased and the culture is vulgar, the culture is going on a downward slide. That's right. It affects everything, and it starts with an idea. It starts with an idea. And that's what I got to experience firsthand. And um, meanwhile, little did I know, um, there was this young woman in the northern part of Finland, my wife Mona, and Mona Sterling is her maiden name. And um, she became a Christian. She did not grow up in a Christian home. And she became a Christian. And her pastor said, why don't you use your gift of dance for the Lord? And uh, she also said, well, how? I've never, I don't even know about this Christian thing much anyway yet. And he said, I don't know, but we'll find out together. And that was the differentiating uh, response. And she then started leading. She led about 50 young people to the Lord through her dance ministry at the church. How did you two meet then? Well, years go by, and um, Mona was dancing at an event in, in Jerusalem, in Israel, at the Christian—it'll come to me in a minute—but okay. um, it was a celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles uh, that Christians were putting on. And I was invited by the Israeli ambassador to Sweden to bring a tour of one of our productions to Israel. So we both, there was a conference before these events, and we met at this conference in Jerusalem. And um, it was a pretty quick uh, interest in one another. But part of what brought us together, because, besides just kind of being infatuated with one another, was all these talking about culture and ideas and the Lord and how it all works. And we found a lot of connecting points over that. Well, could I just say a little old-fashioned phrase now? What you found is equal yoking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, although I think sh- I got the better term, end. You know? <laughs> In many ways, yeah, you're right, spiritually equal yoking, but I definitely got the better end of the, the yoke. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we spent years over there uh, examining all this and came up with this idea of the culture house. Um, the name comes from, in Europe, every town has a culture house. It's, it's about arts and culture and creating things, making things. And so um, we wanted to reconnect that that's what the Lord is about, making new things. And tell us again how the teachings of Francis Schaeffer influenced your idea of the culture house. Well, um, Schaeffer was very clear that art, in all its forms, you know, they pass on, they express the ideas. So the philosophers, the great thinkers, come up with ideas. Christ comes up with the life of truth and, and the ideas of truth. And it's really the art that can pass those on. Um, even sermons are, are undermined if the art is, is changing the definitions in a culture. So, for example, if a sermon, a pastor today is preaching about love, the culture we live in, you know, thinks sex is love or thinks 
you love me if you give me everything I want. Or I love you for the moment. Or I love you through, yeah, it's a momentary thing. So the pastor's sermon is completely misheard if the people sitting in the pews don't know what those definitions are that he's talking about. So in many ways, we're living in a time where, you know, pastors have to be very thoughtful about how they uh, present the truth so that it gets to folks. And the arts can be a huge part of that. Um, so Schaefer was very clear on that, and that's what really caught my attention. So then, how did you decide to move back to Kansas City? Well, you know, we were visiting my brother. He still lived here. Most of my family had moved um, to Colorado. And he said, well, we were thinking of moving to Finland, to Helsinki, or London. We had friends, deep relationships in both cities. And so we've been praying about that for a year and a half. And this more than 20 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Helsinki, London, Helsinki, London, but just could never get a real confidence about it. And on a visit to Kansas City, my brother uh, Rick Enna and his wife Jeannie said, well, you should move here and do it in Kansas City. And frankly, I said, what would we do here? I just didn't see that Kansas City is an art center. And they said, no, it's starting to really roll in the direction of the arts. There's a lot of attention coming, et cetera. And that was mid-90s, and, and they were right. And during that visit, frankly, uh, the Lord did a few things that completely caught our attention. So instead of thinking London, Helsinki, we were like, okay, Olathe. You know, <laughs> no one could believe it. They're like, where is Olathe? We said, it's the center of God's universe. That's where we're going. That's the heart of America. <laughs> That's right. Anyone listening, for goodness sakes, I suppose, would they be listening in St. Joseph Rich and all around the Kansas City area? Olathe, of course, is in the western edge. Am I saying that? That's right. Right now, so, so uh, 10 years ago or so, then about that time— You said 20 years. Yes. That's when we moved here. But about that time, there came about the Kaufman Center for the Performing Arts. Mm -hmm. And I want you to get to the, the point where you're telling us about the, yes. this production that's right. coming, well, because that's right. this is just but fantastic. Before we do, young people then were able to go to the Culture House. That's right. And have their talent, their interest. See, let me just say this again and again and again. I've already said it a thousand times. Somebody had this little phrase that just meant so much to me. In God's great field of labor, all work is not the same. Mm. He hath a service for each one who loves his holy name, and you to him the secret. That's right. Everything of is Of sounds are known. Rise up, for he hath called you to a labor all your own. Mm. And then um, that's what you've done. So now get into the what you're going to be doing at the Kaufman Center. That's right. So 10 years ago, um, Mona uh, has a company. We have a company called Sterling Dance Theater. It's a professional dance company. And she got together with one of the leaders in the company, Tobin James and myself. And we had sensed that things weren't going well when it came to race relations. And um, we prayed well, let's about... let's just be clear on that, because that is so true, and I want to really nail that point. Things are not going so well in regards to race relations. And I'll tell you what, as far as the body of Christ is concerned, shame on us, because we need to seek each other out. We need to know each other. That's right. We need to hold each other up in prayer and help each other, but go ahead. Well, no, you're absolutely right, and um, at the one of the lies that's been put into our culture is that um, you know that this is a black versus white or white versus black issue, 
And that's not true. It's a good versus evil issue. And the church has always been, the gospel, I should say especially, has always been at the forefront. It has been the impetus of freeing us from this lie that uh, of slavery, of oppression. And so it, uh, the American movement, abolition movement, started way back in England. And very much a part of the Revolutionary War was about freeing ourselves from this issue of slavery. And um, there's, we noticed a lot of revisionary historians who wanted to remove Christianity as the base and, and of our of course, country. And, of course, old Jim Crow, who was his great-great-grandson, you know, or something well, like that. But anyway, go well, ahead. Well, Jeremiah raises a very important point, is that at the time of the American Revolution, slavery was part of the British Empire. If you were part of the British Empire, you had to have slavery. That's right. And that was one of the motivations for uh, removing yourselves from Great Britain, and more than half of the colonies instantly upon freedom from Great Britain renounced slavery. You're right, but you wouldn't know that if you listened to academics, some academics today. And then, and then the Underground Railroad, which was, a mo- which was motivated by and large by the church. That's right. In fact, Dad, we interviewed someone, I think it was Dr. Jim Garlow, that told us about the history of the Wesleyan Church and how they formed churches less than a day's journey one to the other so that they could be stopping off points mm. on the Underground Railroad. Right. Right. And so this historical account of the church being involved in this is what they're going to be presenting, and I'm just so excited about it. I want him to tell us about it. So we created a production about the Underground Railroad because it is a marketplace core in our history where God is the hero, and it and the church came together. Now, some people in churches didn't come together on it, but the body of Christ came together and um, built this loose network. I mean, God really built it. There's no human that you can... Uh, attribute the leadership to. There were many leaders, but God really built a network to bring freedom to the slave at the time. So we created it 10 years ago. Um, it's been chosen as the uh, one of the top 10 performances of the decade for Kansas City. When the Coffin Center opened about five years ago, um, they invited us in, and we have over 3,400 school kids that come every year to the school shows. And audiences have called us back year after year, and uh, there's uh, it's just an exciting project for the church to be a part of. Okay, so it was five years ago, it was four years ago, it was three years ago, yeah. two years ago, one year ago, and this year, every year since the Kaufman Center has been in existence. That's right, we've been there. Underground Railroad That's has right. been uh, featured. Has it always been at this time of the year? Yes, generally February, March uh, time of the year. This year it's February second, third, and fourth at the Kaufman, and they're proud to have us there. Jane Chu, the original president, invited us, and Paul Schofer is just so uh, welcoming to us to have it there. Now, you explained, because I attended a luncheon about this, and Mm -hmm. you explained that they invited us, but it's not free. It is not free. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, um, when President Chu at the time invited us, it did not come with a discount code or a coupon. So we have to pay for it. So we're a nonprofit. We look for supporters. Um, But our main passion is to fill the house because everyone who comes is so inspired by it to do good the next day. And they come back year after year. They bring their family. 
They reach out to people, their neighbors, and it brings uh, people together. What's exciting to me, too, is that the whole city is coming together. At this luncheon, there was Pastor Charles Briscoe. There mm. was uh, Jimmy Dodd from Pastor Serve. There was Mayor Sly James. That's right. There was the Dayton, the Dayton Moore. Moore, the general manager of the Kansas City Royals. Everybody in the city is excited about quality of this production yeah. and also the message of this production. You would you told us about the children when you said who's the hero of this story. Yeah, we do a Q&A after the and it's, you know, public schools, some private schools, some homeschoolers and we say, "Well, who's who's the hero?" And, you know, someone will say Harriet Tubman or someone and then inevitably the right answer comes along and a young student will say, "It's Jesus." Because you see, it's it's Christ that motivated the white people to stand up, rise up, and do something about it, and gave dignity. It's only in Christianity that all humanity um, has dignity. Even if you agree with each other or not, the Judeo-Christian message is everyone is created in the image of God. And yeah. in the in the abolitionist movement, it was whites and blacks, the freed blacks, working together, That's like right. Frederick Douglass and others. That's right. And 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 they were they worked together. They risked their lives and their fortunes at times. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Even slave owners, because with nothing to gain other than to help somebody else. That's right. They did it to have integrity and to serve and to help other people. And that's the message for that, today. That is the message of today. And we've even taken. I'm real excited to announce our website, which is GoUnderground.org. The whole movement we're having now is that we all need to go underground. We all need to take this example of the Underground Railroad, black and white, um, whether, it doesn't matter. Our culture today needs us all to open our homes, to welcome people that we don't know, to get to know people we don't know, to give comfort to people that need it, to be comforted by and people who will give it. And to carry each other's burdens. And to carry each Believe other's burdens. Believe me, this is important because this has really been on my heart. If there is an area of town that is struggling, that's having a problem, maybe the schools are terrible, yeah. there's a lot of poverty, everybody has an interest in getting into it. Roll your sleeves up. Find out why this has been perpetuated, that's and then right. solve it. That's right. And that's what the church can do. There's nothing wrong with spring cleaning, is there? No, that's <laughs> what the church needs to do. We need to, to really rise up and not depend on our pastors to do everything. Now, folks, if you've never attended an event at the Kaufman Center, you are in for a real treat. This is a world-class facility, isn't it? Oh, it's it's one of the top in the world. One of the top in the world. Now, this this production of underground mm -hmm. is coming when february 3rd and 4th are our public shows what day of the week is that that's a thursday and friday uh sorry friday and saturday a friday and saturday are school groups invited are church groups invited families bring your friends tell us about who and how do you get tickets well, wait, wait, wait wait let me set this up too rich first of all the kaufman center if i'm talking to somebody who's been there you already know but the Kaufman Center in downtown Kansas City is one classy place. That's right. People that fly way? in from all over the world just right? to see stuff here. But I mean the Kaufman Center, wasn't that a wonderful thing when Ewing Kaufman and his estate and 
all how how that was all built. That was a wonderful thing for Greater Kansas City. Yeah, Ju- his daughter Julia really pulled off a miracle. But what a nice, what a nice uh, place then for people to be able to say, "Let's buy a ticket. Mm. Let's buy a ticket. Let's go. Let's go." And it will be something. You'll get a piece of history, and you'll get a blessing, and you'll have a good time. That's right. And we set up on the website gounderground.org. We've set up three ways you can sign up. It doesn't cost anything to sign up, but you get discounts if you sign up. So individuals, bring your families, or if you're a church, you can sign up, and we'll send you an email to um, forward to all your congregation, and they get discounts and encouragements and all kinds of things. Um, We would love to see this thing continue to be packed out, but also that inspiration, that spark, that would spark every person that comes to wake up the next day and say, Lord, what would I do today for my community? And you'll be inspired by the example of the generations that were before us. And you'll also see a production where Jesus is the hero. He's the yeah. hero, and it's in the books, folks. It, Can't yes, deny it. it. And, and tell us again what you, were, what you were saying at this luncheon about challenging all of us to go underground in our generation. That's right. We have, you know, there are issues of race. You know, in the Bible, there is no race. Um, we're all equal. One race, one blood. Adam's race, one blood. That's right. And so we need to now quit. We need to resist the lies that our culture is you know, constantly dividing us on. We need to come together, and we need to um, break out of our comfort zone. You know, back to Francis Schaeffer. He said that more and more as the culture takes on the, the, the ideas that poison, that people's main priority would be personal peace and prosperity. And I think that's the best way that we can all confront ourselves. What do I spend my time, talent, and treasure on? Is it on just me and feeling good and making sure I can close my front door and and avoid the tensions in our culture? Or as Christ would have us do, do I enter the tensions with, with the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit, and with the body, with my brothers and sisters? And that's the challenge, is that we go see this show because it will inspire you to wake up the next day and get something done for the Lord. You were challenging the people at the luncheon to to invite people that don't look like you oh, to right. your home for dinner. That's and, right. Or That's after right. church on Sunday. That's right. Sorry about that. Yes, Rich. The whole theme of the, the taking folks out to, to going underground is take folks out to dinner, open your home, have them for dinner, and they're other than you from another background, another culture, another part of town. Get to know, in our culture, which is so divided on so many issues, this last election just revealing so much hostility in our communities, and we're being played. And Christians need to resist that by opening your—get to know other people who think differently, who look differently than you, who come from different cultures. That, that is the challenge that we're making, and by doing so, we know— God will work in our community. Um, and come together at the foot I, of the cross. Know, That's right. Tell you what, there's so much that I want our folks to come to know about the culture house in Olathe. What is the address, first of all, if somebody wants to write it down, then your website, they can look it up. And then they can come by and look into it because if they have if they have young people in their home or in their relatives or whatever it is, this is a place for the kids to coalesce and be affirmed and have fun developing uh, into their future, whatever God has for them. That's right. The, the website is culturehouse.com. That's one word, culturehouse.com. 
And, you know, some of our kids who are you know, really our talent, top talented kids get in the show. Uh, they uh, Families grow up together performing in the show. But then the kids perform in all kinds of musicals and ballets and dances and they learn the piano and voice. We have Grammy Award winners teaching voice at the studio. We have over 60 teaching artists teaching at now, the Culture I'm House. Now, I'm probably a little old to come and enroll and have somebody help me with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you on the violin. <laughs> or on ukulele. The, You're pretty good on the there ukulele. We go. I'm pretty good on the ukulele. Hey, now, uh, now, this is going to be in Kansas City on uh, Friday and Saturday, February 3rd and 4th. Mm. And then you're going to take it to St. Louis, which is exciting. We'll be talking more about that to our St. Louis listeners. But later in March, because of what happened, Ferguson and everything, it's right. been invited to be in St. Louis. And you're looking to possibly take this to other cities as well. That's right. But we're so excited to have it here in Kansas City, first and foremost, and, and so excited about the the broader platform that God is giving you to spread this message of the Underground Railroad. Yeah, thank you. Right. We're excited too. This is a, a this is our time. Yeah. Well, Jeremiah Enna and his wife Mona, uh, we want to thank both of them for having a vision, and then uh, and then giving legs to their vision for what they're doing here in Kansas City. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of the complete story as a public service, by the way. And I'll see you later. 